Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. I'm Sam Keir, host of Hitman for Hire, a year in the life of a franchise cricketer. For the past 12 months, I've been talking to T20 star David Visa, getting his take from behind the scenes at the IPL, the 100, and the rest of the world's biggest leagues. That's the Donnelly View system deal. There's no <laughs> ways in my mind that was up. These guys don't know how to win at this stage. He had his driver pick him up in his Bentley. People start chanting your name. You kind of have to pinch yourself. Hitman for Hire, a year in the life of a franchise cricketer. Listen now, wherever you get your podcasts. Sport Social. G'day, my name is James Baldwin and welcome along to Oz F1, Australia's favourite Formula One podcast. From wherever you're listening, all across the globe, it is fantastic to have your company. Well, indeed, it is the fourth race of the year at Silverstone and I cannot wait for you to listen to what we have in store for our recap podcast. But if you want to engage with us during the week, feel free to do that on all of the social media platforms. You'll find us using the hashtag OzF1 or you can tweet us. I'll leave all of those details in the description below. But for now, let's get into it. And I'm joined, as always, by my friends and yours for this recap podcast. The two Thomases, Tommy T and Thomas J. Camp. Boys, it's a very big g'day to you. G'day, boys. We're doing well, uh, and the main reason that we're doing well is because Hulk is back, baby. Uh, yes. Yeah, that's right. Hulkenberg, who was sitting on his couch only 24 hours before he was sitting in a Formula One car, has made his return to Racing Point, uh, which has thrown a whole bunch of stuff up into the air. But uh, it was said to be an absolute fairy tale, boys, uh, but it didn't end up that way, did it? A story, story of his career, really. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah <laughs> What is like the worst life on. ever? Comes in, stars in FP1 and FP2, has a night overnight. FP3 comes out, two tenths within stroll, gets to qualifying, shits the bed a bit, then doesn't even <laughs> make the race in the end. What an anticlimactic end to his weekend. Man. Such a shame. Sorry, I mean, the good news, the good news is at least uh, the good news is not for Sergio Perez because it looks like they'll enforce a ten-day quarantine for for him testing positive for COVID. Uh, but the good news for Hulk is he gets a second chance at this. Now, obviously, he would have preferred to have some laps, if if any at all, uh, in the race conditions to get his body and mindset set up for the for next weekend. But out of what experience he's had in the car given the fact that on really Thursday afternoon he was given the call and Friday he was in the car, do you think we can see a stronger performance from him coming into practice and qualifying ahead of next weekend's race? Oh, absolutely. You saw the difference between Friday and Saturday. Yeah. <laughs> it was miles apart. He, the, yeah. the poor thing, is, like the hard thing is he's not going to be able to get to like match fitness as we'd call it. Like you just neck muscles can't compete if you're not racing in a car like those little things he's always going to be a bit behind on but the rest like he seems to be back in good touch he'll be he'll be fine he'll be right he'll be sore but he'll be fine i reckon he'll get three races before checko comes back really because, well checko the fia imposes a 10-day quarantine yeah the uk yep. is 14 days but once he's had it he's got to travel back into italy for the next race yep. or is it spa spain so spain. they're gonna they're gonna want to quarantine him for 14 days if he's already had it. So he could, like, Hulk could possibly get, you know. That's a great point, you know, five, five races. Interesting. If they get it right. so How bizarre. Like, so funny. If you, think, if you think back to the end of last year, everyone's like, oh, you know, Hockenheim was really an opportunity for him to get on the pole, and yes, he, he messed it up there. But, yeah. every, like, I reckon the entire F1 community was like, yeah, it's sad that Checo's got COVID, but how good it is that 
Hulk, if the Hulk yeah. is back, it was like exploding. If you went onto Twitter, same it was a sea of just absolute support for this guy. Yeah. How funny it would be, and he'd be laughing his way all the way to the bank, looking at the Renault seat, and now knowing what well, we know that Danny Rick is leaving, which is a good thing. But then they had to go out and find Alonso. You know, the, the argument of, well, was Ocon actually a good replacement for Hulk? So far this season, arguably no. He hasn't performed as well as Hulk would have done. But now Hulk ends up in a car that is is being called, yes, the second Mercedes or a Mercedes from last year and has the pace to absolutely trounce Ocon even more than usual. I just can't. I, yeah, I can't believe it for him in, in such a positive way. He deserves this. But in saying that, man, if he doesn't do something with this opportunity, yeah. uh, you know, it'll be a real shame. Well, but it's but Campy, I, it's potentially a leader got, in to, to next I've year actually, in a seat. I've got a hot tip coming right up. All right, right, here we go. I reckon if Hulk does well in the next couple of races, just say he gets two, and Albon continues to perform the way he's performing, Albon's gone mid-season, and they'll bring Hulk in for the remainder of the year. Because Hulk's a better driver than Albon. He's better than Kvyat. He's better than Gasly. I've always said those three are on the same comparable type of range. Yeah, I think it would be smart for Red Bull to take a guy like Hulk. Comes in, bit of experience, couple of races back, gets some results, jumps in a car that's capable of getting podiums and being in the top four. Albon is not performing at all. Smart decision, hot tip, it's going to happen. Whoa. I've made a profit this year. Every, predi- every <laughs> prediction I have, every prediction I've made pretty much come to fruition. Can't be the well, F1 tell you, profit. Stroll would have, I told you as well, I called it. Yeah. Stroll had a good race then this week, sucked. Yeah, we'll get to that a bit later, won't we? We will, but you know, I reckon, yeah. that's, I reckon that's the play. I reckon that's the play because Albon's, yeah, he's been rubbish. Well, there's been a few other bits and pieces uh, that have gone on in the paddock since uh, since two weeks ago, and it seems a bit weird to have that lull, by the way, last weekend. But anyway, we're back again, and it was just in rapid succession. Uh, what is not of a surprise is that Renault has yet again launched another protest about the legality of the racing point, which will keep Campy exceptionally very happy. But the one thing that I wanted to talk about more importantly than that is that there are now rumours coming out that this is going to be indeed Kimi's last season. Now, he said, obviously, in uh, Drive to Survive, the Netflix series last year, that it's more like a hobby for him. Uh, and really, you only do hobbies if you're enjoying it. Mate, he's yeah. not enjoying it being nah. at the back of the grid. It's not surprising, is it? Like, he's not having fun. That you can car, tell. That, that car's kid, rubbish. That, that's Ferrari's fault. Yeah, well, it's a rubbish car to start with. Now it's got a rubbish engine in it, so... It's it's struggling to keep pace with the Williams, which the Williams has improved, but based on last year's car, you'd think it'd still well, be ahead. I don't like seeing Kimmy at the back of the grid, and I've said it before, I'll say it again. It's easier to keep Kimmy rocking in the sport for the fans and the marketing and everything else that comes with it than it is to keep him out of the sport. But he's got to change seats, and I can't see For him to start, he's got to change seats, and I just can't see that happening. Well, even Gina Marzi's looking... <laughs> Not bad compared to Kimmy. He just looks like he's not interested. I don't think Kimmy's heart's in it anymore. Nah. It's a shame. Yeah. yeah. It is but a shame. And we love Kimmy. Like, he's a star. Love right? Kimmy. But that's not where, a reflection of Giovinazzi. That's not a reflection of Giovinazzi getting any better either. No. That guy's a squid. He's no good. Squid. Squid. He's rocking a man bun too, mate. That is terrible. Don't come to Melbourne with that next year. I'm chopping it off. Because I'll have that pit lane access and I'll be able to do it. Yeah, and you're only ever going to get it once, Camp, and your one thing to do is going to be to chop off Giovinazzi's man bun. Oh, and you know damn. what? Good from you. Good from you yeah. a lot. I'm happy to blow myself up. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So great. Uh, also, I want to talk about uh, one of the, the TV shots, and then we can uh, lean into what is touted and has been told by many people who listen to this podcast, the indeed the best segment of Oz F1. Uh, that's That is coming up. Uh, oh, but it. the flyover, the Spitfire flyover, uh, in, insane. And Chris Harris, who is the current host of Top Gear, said this on Twitter, just absolutely gorgeous looking at the shot. Of, of that aircraft flying around what, uh, you know, and how many uh, times did we hear over the weekend? This used to be a world war two, uh, aerodrome. 
Yeah, I think there's a few Germans that were slightly nervous in the pit line. <laughs> <laughs> Heart skipped a beat. Oh, no, no. It's not 70 years ago. Uh, oh. Segway nicely yeah. over. So, so. <laughs> to our review of the uh, television broadcast this week. But uh, it is delicious. All right, let's get into it, Tommy T. Um, not bad this week. I think we did all right. We had, <laughs> in comparison, like we don't have a high bar here, let's be honest. We had we had a couple of Ted interruptions, some interesting ones. We had... He's on holiday for the next three weeks too. He wouldn't oh, say why. Man. That means Corey's no, stepping kidding. up to his job. We'll have lots yeah. to rage about next weekend. Oh, looking for some historically low scores next week. <laughs> the, con- the content will be free-flowing about that. Oh, man. We had one current name drop. He was talking about some F3 mechanic from his days and he managed to spot. <laughs> no one cares, pal. Jeez. Um, we lost Ted's audio for one section. Not great. We did actually have some really good wheel-to-wheel racing throughout. That was not bad. In comparison to other weeks, it's probably one of the better ones. So it was going to sit at about a six. Mm. The only reason we're going to give a seven this week is because we, we're getting a seven because we got the seven. kid out slap of the camera as he came out <laughs> of his car. That just bumped it up a whole point. Oh, the angry Russian. That, is that was great. good. That was great oh, footage. You got, you so many talk. people. Oh, so many people on Twitter are like, oh, you know, don't be that guy, Danny Kewitt. I'm like, no, more of that. More torpedo the camera more, please. That was fantastic. That, Raw emotion. That guy just ran into a wall at 200Ks. Oh. He can do what he wants. Wants. Jeez, he's frustrated. Oh, that was really great. I've got something to rage about, actually. Uh-oh. Crofty. Oh. Crofty. All like Crofty. But that pleb apologised. <laughs> that pleb apologised when Nico Hulkenberg said, oh, I've got a pressure point on my ass cheek and it's yes. gone numb. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot that. And he apologised. He said, oh, For sorry if that offends anybody. Well, I know we're an offendable generation, <laughs> but give me a bloody spell. Ask <laughs> cheek. I hope some of these snowflakes come and listen to our podcast. Start death threat. Mate, if that is the state of our offendability, we are in for a rude awakening when the communists take over and tell you can't do it. <laughs> we live in Victoria. We know what it's like. Camp is on fire. Oh, 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 great. There we go. So good. Well, good addition uh, can from I, can Camby. I add, it looks like all the presenters are in free dress as well. Anything to add, boys? Those runners, that was shocking. <laughs> we look like you're going for a shot. <laughs> and remember, if you want fashion advice, go to thomasjcamp.com.au forward slash I'll tell you what to wear. He's got uh, Alpha Tower uh, stuff addition, in his- my <laughs> yes, <laughs> Terry. He's got his overcoat. Mate, I've got tweets during got... the week. Not that I even have Twitter about my Alpha Terry shirt. <laughs> How did you get tweeted when you don't have Twitter? I don't know. James texted it to <laughs> me. There's <laughs> no idea. It works. James, you had an addition. <laughs> yeah. I, ha- I have an addition to Campy's Minardi smock that he's getting from one of the fans. Um, <laughs> Uh, the, uh, you can't go past Brundle Bingo this weekend. Yes, uh, I'm sorry. There was there's stacks of different things being on there, but uh, one of the additions that I I put to Sky Sports is that uh, we need two sex Ted from uh, Crofty because how many oh, times has that come up? Uh, and my other addition was: is it raining at the water park? Yes, because we didn't <laughs> luckily have always. have any conversations about water falling out of the sky into a <laughs> pool uh, near the track last that. weekend. So <laughs> come. Come on, come on, Ted. Uh, no, that was that was really funny. Uh, if if you're interested, go on. Like seriously, a lot of people have put together some of Martin Brundle's best sayings over the last couple of years, and it is it's very very good, very, very funny. Good. All right, let's uh, talk about some of the other series. Uh, if you uh, are listening to this podcast and you're new to Formula One, uh, welcome. It is awesome to have you along, of course. But uh, something that you probably maybe not that into yet are the junior categories or what we call the feeder categories into Formula One. Uh, Formula Three or F3 and Formula Two, F2 are those uh, two categories, at least in the main line of F1. Boys, I don't know if you've been watching some of these races, but they are bloody good. And it seems to be different winners in uh, in both categories almost every week. Yeah, I like it. I don't know enough about how the series work and how the tyre compounds work because I just haven't. I don't have a depth of knowledge because I don't watch it every week. 
Yeah. That's a quote Same of the day. Speaking. I don't have no. a depth of knowledge. No, when we're, uh, <laughs> that applies to more than just F3. When we're talking about F2 and F3, but the, the inconsistency in some of those drivers from yeah. week in, week out is staggering, and I, I'm not sure whether that's the cars, because I know the chassis and the motors are the same, and they've only got a variable of a few setup changes they can make. But I'm st- I don't know anything about why there's so much inconsistency. So the important thing of why I'm bringing this up is because uh, a couple of weeks ago we we're talking about uh, at Sydney Motorsport Park the Ferrari Driver Academy is opening, uh, which is great. But we already have some talent from Australia in these series, specifically in F3. We have four Australians, which is which is a big chunk of the grid when you when you think about it. Um, and indeed, the person who is leading uh, the F3 Championship right now is uh, Oscar Piastri. And he's Australian. Uh, we've got Alex Peroni as well. Uh, you'll see the Tasmania branded car flying around the place. Callan Williams and uh, Jack Doohan. And you might recognise the last name Doohan, Campy. Uh, he's he's a bit of a legend in, in Australia, his dad. Well, he, his dad's a bit of a legend. Jack Jack's Jack's a Red Bull junior driver at the moment. And I reckon if he doesn't pull his finger out, he's going to get cut <laughs> pretty quickly. Yeah. In saying that, I'm not going to go too hard on him because I know what it's like to have a cool dad. <laughs> And, and, and underperform as a son, so... <laughs> I'm not holding off on ragging on him yet, but son, you better pull your finger out of your backside because Red Bull is going to cut yeah. you pretty quickly if you keep performing the way you have. I know you got a bit unlucky in one of your races this week and couldn't catch up back to the, sil- like the, the safety car, but, mate, you've been pretty bad for the first four races, so... Yeah, as I said, I'm not going to go too hard on you. Yeah, shout out to <laughs> Thomas J. Camp Senior. Massive oh, legend. Yes. No, Massive legend. Son's not that great. What a, yeah. what a dude. <laughs> you can't win them all. Yeah, I'll take yeah. that. <laughs> uh, all right, boys. Well, let's actually get into talking about the race uh, because – to be honest, it was pretty boring up until the point where Campy fell asleep and everything happened in the last <laughs> two what laps. Did you fall asleep, I Campy? Lit- I literally fell asleep about lap 44. <laughs> last thing I remembered was Danny Rick pulling into DRS zone of uh, of Lando. And I thought, oh, geez, this is over. And I just nodded off. And then I woke up and I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was, our group text is going nuts and the text message is going crazy. And all I see is text from Tommy. He's like, this is effort insanity. What's going on? Well, it was a ball fest of a race, wasn't it? it wasn't it? Like, you yeah. know, everyone touted this as, you know, yes, Silverstone's so great, it's high power and, you know, all these, and it's, it does have great complexes and you can see everything else. But, geez, I tell you what, even Max Verstappen was telling his engineer on the pit wall to have a drink. <laughs> that's that's how, how sassy he was getting from the car. Yeah. Uh, but we will go through, as we always do, team by team with our very honest and raw opinions, according to, to us. Uh, let's talk about Williams first. First, uh, not necessarily because they were at the back of the grid, but, you know, I like things when they don't change. So we'll talk about these guys. George Russell finishing in 12th and not Nicholas Satifi finishing in 15th. Well, not bad, considering we only had 17 finishes. Yeah. Up there, ahead, I mean, you know, you look at Carlos Sainz uh, was behind him and that was because his tyre blew. So that's not really – so let's say maybe he was supposed to be around the 13th mark uh, there. But when you look at – the back runners. And we said this last week, Camp. You look at Mercedes uh, powered Williams versus the two Ferrari Ferrari powered Haas and Alfa Romeo. Th- there should be every reason that Williams is ahead of those yeah. two other teams. There should be, but it says to me the car's not that great. The only thing that's getting them over the line at the moment is the Mercedes engine power that's pushing them forward and projecting them forward. Yep. Every other Mercedes team is, you know is further up the grid. Now, this car's still pretty rubbish, and they're making some gains, and that's probably because of Haas and Alfa Romeo's uh, Ferrari engine. But if Ferrari had their stuff sorted, Williams would be in the exact same place as they were last year. And, yep. look, they're on the up. We've said this, but they're still not anywhere near where they should be. And unfortunately and for it- them, they've got the same car next year, so it's going to be a tough yeah. 18 months for that team. So. Oh, we've actually—that's a really good point that you've raised as well, Campy. That 
it's not necessarily that Williams have jumped forward. It's it's that Alfa Romeo and Haas maybe have gone well, and we even see we've seen the deficit in terms of times around the track on average compared to 2019. Uh, that the Ferrari power is losing time, and and specifically Haas and Alfa Romeo are heavily affected by that. Uh, do you think though, with the, the the small amount of changes that the teams have uh, between this season and next season that Williams is really going to have an opportunity to pull itself out even further away from that Ferrari power? Or is this really, we're still thinking 2022 is, is where we've got to be looking for this real uptick from, from everything we're hearing that this is just the start of the developments. Like there's more and more upgrades coming each week. This was the first week where both drivers had both options previously They've had yeah, to choose point. which upgrade they wanted. So I think it's only going to improve. I, I can't see that Ferrari engine getting better over the next couple of years as it's going to be somewhat frozen. But I can see the improvement of the car in every other aspect from Williams improving. So as long as they've got, got that good power unit, I reckon they're going to be climbing up the ladder, if not more. And we're not hearing anything off track about their management systems and the way the team's performing in the, uh, in the factories. Drivers are locked in. Drivers are locked in. There's a bit of stability. So we're not hearing those things like we have been for the last couple of years. There's not yeah. constant reshuffles within management and new directions that they're taking. So, oh, look, they're going – look, they're making some improvements. It's good to see. But where they, mate, well, jump up this year or next year? I don't think so. A couple of entries into Q2 is not a bad thing. Like, that's good. That's that's well, on one lap pace, which is what Haas and Alpha were better at last year. Compared to the last, this time last year, yep. they're miles in front of where they were. So, totally. You know, they realistically they made two. They've made a two and a half second gain from where they were last year, which is astronomical in motorsport. So huge. When you look at it like that, I could be wrong, but they're doing better than what they were. So yeah. yeah. Someone who uh, is just not doing better. We mentioned him a little bit earlier, Kimi Raikkonen and uh, Alfa Romeo. This is just a team that seems to be finding itself back in its normal position of being at the very back of the grid. The times of uh, Marcus Ericsson when the car was blue and yellow, uh, when it was Sauber. Uh, this seems to be pretty devastating for both of these guys. I mean, Giovinazzi, yeah, I mean, he... he he's neither here nor there and, and certainly uh, doesn't, in my mind, doesn't deserve a drive next year compared to even someone like Nico Hulkenberg. Uh, but th- where do we, we can't really see these guys going forward. The same point that Williams uh, that you've just made, Campy and Tommy, these guys aren't going to propel themselves any further forward. And that means Kimmy's going to be further away from the front of the grid. He's not going to be enjoying that all too much. So, yeah, he does. if he does leave, does he leave the sport altogether? Does he jump across to a team like Haas maybe where he's able to do something with that team? Because, you know, they're trying to, to do something better than what they have been doing. Or is it just mm. too much and he just retires? He just retires, I think. He just goes. We love the guy. His, his legacy is not going to be touted. Nah. His legacy on the track may take a bit of a damage, but off the track, everyone loves him. No one hates him. Guys a world champion. Yeah, they got at Ferrari too. Yeah. So he's a star. Yeah. But just go out quietly. Oh, mate, if I'm him, I'm walk out mid-season in typical Kimmy fashion and just... Yeah, just not come back from the mid-season <laughs> just, break. Just point the finger and go, oh, I'm done. I just the garage that. turns up waiting for him and he just doesn't show up. That'd be amazing. That'd be perfect Kimmy fashion. I mean, it must be that extremely be fun getting in these cars and going around maggots and baggots and cops and into start, you know, 250 to 300 kilometres an hour. But when you're – I mean, this guy's been at the height of driving since his, you know, early 20s for the better part of 20 years. And to drive around the back, be beaten by your teammate, yeah, which is a shame. And I don't think that's indic- indicative of how good Giovinazzi is. I just think – no. I like Kim, he's checked out and he's trying things for the team. This doesn't seem like a hobby that he's enjoying at the moment, so I reckon he'll just give yeah. it up. Yeah. And we want to see his lad. Sad. We want to see his son in the paddock too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's got I a mean, young family. I reckon he'll just tap out and they'll enjoy their time together and he'll he'll do some things here and there, but I reckon he'll just take the slow life, to be honest. The guy's, the guy's awesome. Yeah. The guy's a god. <laughs> Love him. I tell you who's not awesome, Roman Grosjean, uh, who just doesn't understand <laughs> how to defend against other cars on track, it seems. Um, You're not allowed to move Haas, three times under braking? 
Oh, my bad. <laughs> what, do, what do you want me to do? What are you just like, dude, shut <laughs> up. Just disappear. I know that, you know, there was talk around Hungary. Uh, I think Ted brought it up that uh, Grosjean's considering his options for next year. I'd be considering your options for now. You should have been considering options for this year, mate. I still have no idea why you're driving a Formula <laughs> 1 car. Because... Uh, the data that you're getting from the back of the grid and is, you know, doesn't help anyone. Look, uh, but I'll, Haas, he I'll actually, to be, to be fair. I, don't, I really yeah, don't want to because I can't stand no, the guy. I know. But what he did wasn't that bad. Ten years ago, that happened every freaking day of the week. It's not that he did it. It's that he did it multiple times while being overtaken oh, by clearly faster drivers. There's nothing in what he did. Danny so, Rick did nothing but go, that was sketchy. Yeah, but he didn't criticise. <laughs> he just goes, that was sketchy because yeah. of where his car was placed. Yeah. But there was. I but mean, that's because if it was one time we over the Danny weekend, Rick. that's fine. It was more than once. He was like, dude, just give up the place. Look, if Danny Rick's saying it's sketchy, then... Yeah. Danny Rick can cop <laughs> most out. things. He's not but, really a sook. But, you know, I mean, geez, it's a bit over the top. Suck it up. Suck it up. Hard yeah. up, boys. We're not all princesses. Uh, it was pretty but, sad for K-Mag because we, I, I think, out say, of last... Yeah, go he on. Had some good, he had some good race pace for a while on those meetings. Because he was on medium and everyone else was on hearts. Yeah, but... Yeah. Like, I haven't seen that sort of pace where, you know, it was a genuine... It was genuinely took, you know, signs, Lando and particularly Ricardo, you know, the better part of 10 laps to get past the guy. So, I mean, it's good to see from Haas that they seem to be outperforming that engine at the moment. Yeah, it went really well. He yes. ended up in 16th. Yeah, I know. He was always, <laughs> always going to fall back on strategy. <laughs> he was just, always going to fall back hey, on James, strategy. Hey, James, does 16th get points? Uh, I No, you know what it gets? I don't think Data. they do, so who cares? Yeah, right, I'll gets, <laughs> gets to, I'll call it. I don't no, know, you know, I think I'll you're right. I'll get the knowledge of shit, yes. You're not wrong. For a bit there, he was all right. But as soon as those tyres fell off, it was always going to happen too. Yeah, but he but compromised you know what? his think... strategy by staying out and not pitting when everyone else pitted yeah, to get onto the, totally. to the end of the race. Yeah. But what I'm saying but at is the end of the day, to see that it wasn't, wasn't like dogs running past sheep. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, correct. And at the end of the day, though, and Gunter says this, you know, pretty much every weekend to to the Sky team, you know, we need to try something different. So if everything's doing one, everyone's doing one thing, we're going to do something else. And they got penalised in Hungary. That was a stupid penalty. And even more, they came out afterwards and listening to that radio messages backwards and forwards compared to Kvyat. That yeah. was still stupid. Didn't I just like? Come on, Michael Massey, get your bloody stuff sorted out, would you? But uh, for for this. To, to work for them is a positive thing because we know Gunter really, really wants this team and, you know, he's very heavily invested in it. And, again, if you're new to Oz F1, we love Gunter Steiner. He's probably our favourite uh, team principal by a long way. But I'm glad to see that. What I wasn't glad to see was K-Mag out so early because he had such a yeah. good time last time. And if you put him in the same situation as Grosjean, you know, I think, this time around, he would have done pretty well and probably would have finished closer to the points. Um, but let's talk about that that incident, guys, because uh, when and was coming to the final corner, uh, K-Mag left a bit of a gap. Albon put himself up in there, which is a very unusual place to overtake. Uh, and then he kind of realized at the last minute that there wasn't enough space anymore and, and he tried to pull out. If he hadn't, he probably, they would have kept going and maybe would have been a argy-bargy, but certainly wouldn't have spun him around. But uh, he ended up getting a five-second penalty for it. I think it was kind of a bit of a racing incident, don't you? Mate, that Michael Massey guy, that Australian race director, (laughs) man, he's getting worse at his job every week. Oh, that was, K-Mag made a mistake, right, which left a gap open, and he closed it like he didn't make a mistake. Albon I saw passes there all weekend around that around the outside at Luffield onto the main like yeah, not the inside pa- but the outside. I yeah. saw passes there all the time. In the in the heat of that battle, Albon's car was way quicker, saw he made a mistake, threw it up the inside, and Magnuson had copious amounts of road to his uh left yep. to leave the space. He didn't leave the space. I think it was more Magnuson's fault than Albon's. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I would agree. So it seemed like in the previous corner, Magnussen hit a curb much harder than he thought. And got it shot wheel his, spin. Yeah, got some wheel spin, shot his car offline. He's tried yeah. to drag it back to the apex where Albon's seen a gap and goes, I'm going for that. Yeah. All of a sudden, K-Mag hasn't even looked and thought he's still got right of way. And then Albon's tried to pull out too late. More, Contact. More Albon's, uh, sorry, more Magnussen's fault than it was Albon's. Yeah. 
Wrong place, wrong time for Albon again. Albon, Unfortunately, he again. seems to find himself in these spots Albon's, all the time. He's, he shouldn't, he shouldn't he's be consistent. that far back in the first place. Yeah. Yeah, he's that's also true. Himself. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So good drivers are at the front of the grid not having to deal with this kind of stuff. Yeah, like, that's the, sec- the thing. He's got the second best car on the grid underneath him. Yeah. Or is he qualifying in 12th or 13th? Yeah. And even battling with Magnussen at the start Shouldn't of the even race. be there. I know. Yeah. But no, so it's, it sucks to see the Haas out, but I mean, yeah, you've you got to wear some blame on that. It's not He's not faultless there, Magnussen. He, he tried to save one of his mistakes yeah. and it's cost him his race and Haas. Standard. Potentially. Yep. Standard yeah. from Haas, really. Standard. <laughs> I, I can't remember the last clean weekend that both drivers had where they both no. finished the Grand Prix. Yeah, it was probably right. last weekend in Hungary, but <laughs> yeah, sure it just remember. happens so often. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Anyway. Alpha Tauri, your uh, your um, supplier of many delicious jackets, Thomas J. Camp. Um, <laughs> yeah, big shunt for uh, Danny Kvyat oh. uh, that put him out. But it looks yep. like that his right rear tyre gave out. It wasn't yeah, his it was own deflated. fault. Yeah, that uh, wasn't his fault. Yeah, But he came he out of the debate. car thinking it was his fault. He thought it was. That's yeah. why he apologised to the same team so profusely. Yep. So, so from what I understand, there was a bit of talk that the team said he was fiddling around with options on his steering wheel. And if you look at the onboard, you can see him literally pressing buttons as he goes off. But then there's other angles that show his le- his rear right is slightly deflated and that he catches a little bit of inside front left of that curb. And he, But for it to spin that quick, I don't think it was him messing around with steering wheel stuff. I think no. it was a puncher. Yeah, I mean, in, I such, in a, a place stupid. like that that's flat out, and it's not really a turn. It's a setup for the next corner. It's not really a real turn. Yeah, you that's a stupid shouldn't comment be going from the team. There. Yeah. Well, you yeah. look back at the footage and you can see that his tyre starts to fall apart before he starts spinning. Yeah. So it looks like it's had a slow puncture slash blow. And mm-hmm. when he's carrying that momentum through the corner that way, yes, before he comes into the right hand, that's, you know, otherwise it makes no Still sense that he's spun like that. <laughs> Really? Because, yeah, if, if he was in control and nothing else had happened, regardless of the steering wheel, like, that's what they do. They're pilots in yeah. a lot of ways in that respect of they're constantly fiddling with, like, the ERS, brake bias, all that sort of other stuff. So to say that, I don't think that's fair on Daniel. I think uh, it was unlucky for him. Uh, he did give us some great content, though, in terms of slapping yeah. the camera. Uh, so we're not unhappy <laughs> about that. Uh, but Very glad he walked away, too. Yes, absolutely. But Campy, your whipping boy from 2019, or at least the first half of 2019, uh, you had some kind things to say about him before we started recording this. Yeah, I've got to give the kid credit where credit's due. He's picked himself up this year. He's outperformed Kvyat for the first four races pretty convincingly in my in my opinion. Uh, the car's not underneath him, but where did he finish? He finished 11th you know, to 8th. He qualified 11th. Yeah, I mean, he, he finished 7th. So 7th, sorry, yeah. I mean... I mean, that happened because of, you know, we had a couple of puncture tires from Bodass and Signs where he gained some positions. But he, again, I've got to give the kid credit. And that pass on Seb was outstanding. Ah. That was such yeah. a great move. He stuck with it. He was confident. He made the move stick. That was awesome to watch. Ah, you think about an Alpha Tori or yeah. an Alpha Tauri passing a Ferrari. Mate. <laughs> we'll get the Ferrari yeah. soon, but. What is going on with that team? Oh. <laughs> But I've got to get getting back to Gasly. You've got to give him credit. He's picked himself up, and he's you know yep. he can he's drive. Qu- he's been qualifying well. He's been getting into Q three a lot. Again, but yes. he likes this car. This yeah. car is suited for him. Which That's why he got the promotion. It kind of comes year. back to that point, which we'll make later. But maybe that the Red Bull wasn't right and isn't right for a lot of drivers. But it's really good for Max. We'll talk about this later. Yeah, though. we will. But you know, it, interesting. It, it is a point. Point. But you got to remember racing point. Danny Rick had a big part in designing that Red Bull as well. Yeah, it's a bit removed uh, now, though. Yeah, it is. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and even, even well, we will talk about Red Bull in a little bit, but let's talk about Racing Point first uh, because everyone uh, was very surprised, including me, um, and frustrated because my fantasy team, I thought, well, at least Stroll's still in and uh, he's turboed and he'll get up in the top three. Sure, no, terrible uh, in ninth. <laughs> I don't know what the hell went went on this, this weekend with Racing Point. They just did not have a, uh, a good race at all. Uh, do you think that because it's such a copy of 
with last year's Mercedes, Campy, because you keep saying that. Um, we know that Mercedes uh, in the 2019 season didn't like running behind other cars. Uh, and uh, I think Mikey uh, messaged in on Instagram saying something along the lines of, do you think there's a cooling issue with the car? Uh, it's an interesting point because we saw that long snake of cars uh, really fighting in that mid-pack for, for fourth down to really about 12th. And uh, Stroll just couldn't get past. It seems like he's always erring on the side of caution because he doesn't want to put daddy's car into the wall. But uh, do you think that we've got some cooling issues for this racing point as well? Well, it would have been interesting to see how Checo went this weekend. I think Checo would have out-qualified Stroll and come back and made a point after Stroll's strong result, strong result in Hungary last week uh, at the last race. I don't think... I don't think that car is as good as what we've been making it out to be. In saying that, I mean, Hulk didn't start the race, which was a shame. We spoke about that. But Sergio, I mean, sorry, um, Stroll, he genuinely, generally makes up positions throughout the race. Yeah. This week, he went backwards. Went mm-hmm. backwards off the start. Yeah. Struggled behind other cars. I don't think it's a design issue. I just think it's Stroll. This is what this kid's done at every at every level he's raced at since he started. Yep. He's performed really well one week and we go, geez, the kid's good. He's got some potential. But then he's <laughs> yeah. shit for the next four races. I'm going to yeah. throw this out there. What if he's not good at setting up cars and he's benefiting a lot from better drivers, a.k.a. Sergio, setting up the car and going, yeah, I'll have a bit of that for my setup, thanks. Possibly. Who knows? There's a lot that's of that. A, so they didn't get a, a lot point. of good data this mm. week from from Hulk because Hulk's obviously just like, can I please just drive around? Yeah. So yeah. he's not really going to be doing long runs, all those kind of things. They're not going to be getting as much data as they would have. And quality data from Checo, like we can say what we want, but that guy is really consistent. He's always uh, going to be one of the best at bringing in data. I wonder true. if a lot of that, and this car wasn't set up well enough, and then it comes across as maybe – Poor performance. Here's the thing about Stroll. This was his weekend to it's stand up yeah. and make himself debatably the number one driver. Do it two weekends in a row. Unlucky for Checo that he's out. He can't do anything about it. But this yep. was the weekend for Stroll to stand up, stake his claim that, yes, I actually deserve this spot, regardless of all the crap about my dad and how much money he's got and the team that he's bought me. Blah, blah, blah. I'm the number one driver and I can compete toe-to-toe with, mm-hmm. you know, as a leader and I can go toe-to-toe with Checo. Yeah. First couple of races this year were pretty standard from mm-hmm. me, but the last two races I've outperformed. He failed this weekend. Yeah, well, this is his kind of first opportunity to be the A driver, really, if yeah. you think about it. So... I know Hulk didn't qualify great, but he had some issues in qualifying, which I can understand totally. first, first weekend back. Yep. But that FP3 pace from Hulkenberg to be two oh. tenths off Stroll. Now, I don't know what sort of simulations they're running, what they're doing, but generally FP3 is your quality, quality sim, sim and get that set up. And for him to come out and drive that car two tenths under Stroll, I mean, Bloody it shows impressive. how good Hulk is. Oh. But the inexperience of Stroll comes into play when he had to lead that team this weekend yep. and he fell short and, uh, yeah, no good. No good. He'll have, he'll have another couple of races this year where he does well. Mm-hmm. But it's not. it shouldn't guarantee him a drive in that seat for next year if, you know, Aston Martin turns into the dominant race team that they want to be. Yep. Mm. they got to make the hard decision and get rid of him. I will say uh, there was footage of Daddy Stroll and uh, Seb Vettel saying g'day just before the start as well, and there was a cheeky elbow touch. uh, And I don't care if they were just saying hello. I'm taking that as uh, confirmation (laughs) that Campy is right and that uh, we'll see Vettel in Racing Point slash Aston Martin next year and uh, Hulk will be going to the uh, aforementioned Seb to Red Bull seat. Um, Talking about Seb, let's talk about Ferrari. Just an absolute mess of a weekend for this guy. uh, it just this. It's like Ferrari have just totally given up on Seb, don't you think? I think there's a bit of red, uh, Ferrari skullduggery going on here. Yeah, it would seem that way. If you look at what a great word. Race, <laughs> if you look at the first three races this season, Seb outperformed. Um, uh, what's his name? Leclerc Charles, on that podium. Yep. That Charles got that lucky podium in the first race. Seb outperformed him in the last two races and races and really staked his claim. This week, his pace was nowhere. And we've seen this from Ferrari in the past. They did it with Raikkonen. They did it with uh, particularly Alonso when Vettel first came to that. Because there's no way that Vettel was that be- that much better than Alonso. This no. is what Ferrari does. They're sabotaging. 
They've even come out and said we're not going to win races until 2022 or get consistent yeah. podiums, which tell, they know how bad the car is. Now, for Seb to be that far behind Leclerc is not indicative of where that guy is and how good he is or how good yep. he, he so is. so agreed. Mate, Ferrari is setting this guy up to fail and they're trying to create a narrative about and keep some public face in the that way. he's not good enough and he shouldn't be offered to see. Yeah. They're trying to do it because it's yeah. sad to see it. And Seb, all credit to him, he's coming out and saying, I've got a lot of friends in this team and I'm trying to work hard for them. But we know how bad that team is off track and politically motivated it can get. Yeah. You know? And they're they're throwing Seb under the bus at the moment. I guarantee it 100%. Scapegoat. Yeah, they're, mate, they're, look, because there's no way Seb's pace was that much worse than Leclerc's. No. You saw he couldn't put anything together. He could not get those brakes to work. Got passed by an Alpha Terry. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, at really. Least, look, at least Leclerc, like, he was respectable in his pace. I mean, he was in no man's land. He was 20-odd seconds behind yep. Max and, you know, five, six seconds above the midfield of the McLarens and the Renaults. But Seb couldn't even get moves done. Yeah. That wasn't because he was buried in the pack. Let that's alone because, defend, which we know he can do as well. That's just because that car wasn't yep. operating the same way as Leclerc's was this weekend. Yep. And again, lucky podium again for Leclerc. Oh, and it pisses me off totally to see (laughs) him (laughs) smiling. Because, and you know what really frustrates me is when this is all happening uh, in Red Bull and the sort of the team started focusing on Max and not Danny Rick. And obviously we didn't like that at the time because we're big Danny Rick fans. But at least Max had the talent to back it up. Or at least he could stand there and go, yeah, okay, you know, everyone calls me Max for crashing or whatever because I'm trying to find the limit. And yes, I might (laughs) be seeming to be arrogant or whatever, but you can't say that he's a bad driver and you know I think most people would say that whereas Leclerc hasn't ever really you know stunned the world yes when he was racing for his first season in Formula One um, in Sauber the the Sauber car was strong because they had that Ferrari cheating engine in it and it was (laughs) performing pretty well you know if you put Kimi in the same car he would have done Better if not well the same rather if not better than than Leclerc at that time he just happened to be in the Ferrari, but there's yep. just no evidence in my mind that says that Charles Leclerc is this wonderful you know the next the second coming of Ferrari's savior uh, to do yeah. that and as a result they're yep. just making themselves look like absolute tits to the rest of the world. He's a good qualifier. That's kind of the big redeeming feature. He's qualified well. He did last year, uh, but then race day, all he does is hang on to places. He had a rocket ship in the back. Yeah. He's been opportunistic with his wins, and oh, then yeah. when he's Sorry. when he's not in a position of front, we see this like earlier this year. I can't remember. Yeah, I think it crashed, was yeah, the crashed crash we set. see last year in Monaco. All these things. He gets his red mist. He doesn't have control. He's got no composure unless he's qualified well, which is his one skill, and he can hold that position. That's kind of all he does. He yeah. he ran pretty much unopposed in this position. He was kind of sitting in this bubble between the McLarens and what was then eventually Danny Rick and the, yeah, the leaders. He was just yeah. racing by himself. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah. I'd... He got a podium, so you can't fold him. He's had two podiums now. Yeah. Both of them, yeah, been gravely opportunistic and there's things that have happened at the front which have allowed it, but... yeah. Oh, well, I can tell you this. I don't, I don't like it, him. I don't like him. I reckon I'd much he prefer is your whipping boy. And yeah, he and Carl and, Sainz is going to spank the kid next year. Yeah, yeah. correct. Yeah, which is, uh, which anyway, is a good the, segue. Oz F1 verdict on Ferrari, uh, terrible and not approved. Oh. And yes, a great segue, Campy. Let's talk about McLaren. Uh, and indeed, really sad for, for Carlos that he had that puncture. But can I just say, this dude, uh, and I'm talking about Carlos, is such a team player. It's almost He's almost a Barrichello in terms of, you know, he just does what he's told. He does what's better for the team. He supports Lando when Lando's on the faster strategy or in the faster car. There's been nev- never been any kind of quarrels between these two guys. Um, and that's something that Danny Rick's going to be great in McLaren next year as well. But also, he is really the kind of person, hopefully, that will help pull Ferrari out of this rut that they're in right now. But yeah. uh, both both drivers, uh, both Carlos and Lando, had a really great weekend. Lando qualified fifth. He ended up finishing fifth. Uh, with Considering what else was going on around him, great performance. Obviously, you know, if you haven't heard about his helmet design by six-year-old Eva, uh, go and check it out. So good. He, uh, it was yeah, really it great. Cool. And even, even the FIA um, changed the timing sheet to have Lando not and then S below that. So um, excellent. 
Definitely, that definitely wasn't Michael Massey doing that. So let's let's just be clear. (laughs) Uh, But uh, McLaren, like every time I see them on track, I'm just buoyant in how happy I am that Danny Rick is going to that team next year. Oh, so good. Yeah, I think you're right. I'm excited for it. Yeah, with a Merc engine, I reckon it's probably the third best car on the grid at the moment. Yeah, I don't think I don't think the racing points there. I think. I think it's pretty tight between the Renault, the Racing Point, and the McLaren. Yeah, I think it's track dependent mm. between those two. But I think yes, I th- actually think McLaren's got a better car. Oh, definitely better off off the field as well. Oh, mate, their behind the scenes is way better. Oh. I reckon they were unlucky this week with strategy and maybe like obviously signs unlucky, but I think they're pretty faultless. They both ran really well. They qualified really well. I don't know what else you can say. They yeah. pretty much nailed it. Yeah. The other thing I, I really enjoyed was seeing Andreas Seidel on the pit wall as well. I think that's yes. probably one of the few when, one of the few times that he, he was really insightful. <laughs> yeah, really insightful, but also funny as well. And we haven't really seen that much uh, of of him in that respect yet, too. Yeah. But uh, dude is super talented, and you know Zach Brown is a great leader in the way that he um, thanks Andreas for most of the work that he's done in in terms of turning that team around. So, look, the only thing we can say about McLaren, love it. Looking forward to Can't buying some Danny Rick year. merch for next year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I might even throw some Lando merch on it as well. Let's talk about Danny Rick and Renault. Oh, my <sighs> boys, he was so close to a podium <sighs> this weekend. And that's what frustrates <sighs> me is that it was Charles that got in front of him. If it was like yeah, Lando or anyone else, I, I would have been like, okay, Under but this bloody Ferrari. Yeah, <sighs> totally. I was like, come I'm on, go Charles wheel. <sighs> Just explode for no reason. Get off the track so Danny Rick can grab third. <sighs> One more lap, we would have had a shilly. Imagine. Oh, and it's been missed, too long. And I would have missed it because I was asleep. <laughs> <laughs> Classic. Mate. Classic Mate, campy. I mean, how was Danny Rick's start? Oh. oh, What a start. Made up two oh, positions. Yeah. Then held it. Unfortunately, just couldn't warm up those those hard tyres. And he, he went for a move on, uh, sorry, after the safety car restart. Mm-hmm. Um. Danny Rick tried to make a move on science to put himself up into fifth place and compromised. In, in doing that, compromised and Lando got in front of him and he sort of sheep stations for a long time. Once he got past Magnuson and had some relative clean air, we saw the true race pace oh. of Danny Ricardo compared to his teammate. And But also his tyre management. Is there uh, anyone better at the moment at managing his tyres? He had heaps of tyre left at the end of that race. I think that Renault's the best best car for tyre management. Seems that way. Last year too. And I said to you boys, I said, look, this hard, it'll play into Danny Rick's and Renault's hands at Mm -hmm. the end of the race because they're on the soft. They're not, they're not the quickest. Their, their pace in the first four rounds has come from that medium and that Mm. hard tyre in race pace length. So, it was good, good to see. And he made that move. When he made that move on Lando, oh, I was like, come on. And then he was going to get signs anyway before the tyre. So, yeah. Um, shame he didn't get the podium. But <sighs> he's so consistent. He's bloody quick. Ocon's, Ocon's nowhere. Yeah. I mean, Ocon qualified within two tenths this weekend. But two tenths, three tenths is a crap weekend. Yeah. Two yeah. tenths is. <laughs> yeah. Still, two tenths is pretty bad. And that's that's usually with two goes. Danny Rick's going out on one go and qualifying. He doesn't have two runs early on and then have a final. Well, they stuffed up their first run in Q1, which meant they had to go back out, which was unfortunate. Hence why they didn't have two runs in Q3. But Ocon's rubbish, mate. Get rid of that guy. I can trade him. Don't don't get him racing alongside Alonso next year. Bring Kimmy back. Kimmy and Alonso next year. Oh, would that, be? that would actually oh. be our bloody standing. That's what we want to see. But oh. so we're talking about how good racing points are. After four rounds now, Danny Rick is on 20 points. Lance Stroll is also on 20 points. Perez is on 22 points. That just shows you how consistent this guy is in a far inferior car. Yeah. And he's had like unbelievable. He's been stuffed over in qualifying twice oh. due to yellows as well. Yep. Imagine how much further he would have been up the grid. You know, right place, right time. This guy's incredible. And you think about the first race where he crashed out in which Lando yep. Yep. got that podium. I mean, Danny Rick was toe-to-toe with him all weekend. Yep. yep. You know? The, uh, I think, what to be honest... What could have been? To be honest, I think we will probably see a podium for him this year because something just has to line up because he's always there and you're totally right, Campy, about something will happen to the rest of the grid. In that instance, it was him crashing out. But if someone else crashes out or something happens to Carlos and we know that people like Albon and Vettel aren't really 
challenging that that top three position. If he, because his race craft is phenomenal, and you look at you know Lewis Max and, and Danny Rick are probably and and Seb, but unfortunately he's lower in the in the order. All four of those guys have phenomenal race craft. They're great at taking opportunities. I mean, obviously Lewis just leads the pack by a long way, and then it's sort of goodbye. But Danny Rick is phenomenal in this space. And so, again, when he's in a papaya car and he has more consistency and more power coming from that Mercedes power unit, we're going to see some really good stuff. But I hope he actually gets a podium this year for, for Renault because it'll be good for the team, yeah. be good for him, oh. and it sort of it qualif- you know quantifies his his decision to jump across to them. Oh, Let's quickly right. talk about Ocon. What, what's, what's going on with him? Is he going to stay? He's got a two-year contract. He'll stay. You reckon they'll stick with him? He yeah. hasn't shown much. Yeah, but he's going up against Danny Rick, so he was never going to show much anyway against yeah. Danny Rick. That's he's going to show interesting. Danny, again, the same Ocon's amount against Alonso. Same, <laughs> Ocon yeah. is in that same calibre driver as a Hulkenberg and Checo Perez. You've got the drivers that are under that, in my opinion, which is Gasly, Stroll, uh, Gasly Albon, Stroll, and Kvyat. But... You know, look, seriously, Ocon's in that next level of drivers that aren't quite there yet. They're not they're, quite A's, they're, but they're not. They're two and a yeah. half tenths off the top guys. Mm-hmm. And they're consistent performance for midfield teams and they're good drivers for midfield teams. They will they are worth they are worth the money they get paid to do what they do. But yep. they're not top tier drivers and, and that's unfortunately Ocon's not that good and he's been showing up this year. So and anyone that said he's had a good start to the year getting some points, give me a break. <laughs> <laughs> if we didn't see Bodas go off this if we didn't see Bodas go off and uh signs go off, he would have been back in eighth place. Danny Rick still would have got fifth. Yeah. Yep. You know, so look, good good results for Renault as a whole this weekend, but Ocon's nowhere, he's not good. Yeah, it's a good point hole for them. Uh, it's also read- French too, so read into what you will. <laughs> <laughs> Can't help yourself. Gives, uh, gives up my to Red- Red Bull, we spoke a little bit uh, about uh, Albon earlier and Maxi Max. Um, look, Max is a star, obviously. Uh, he didn't put oh. it into the wall uh, ahead of actually racing this weekend, so that helps. Oh, sure, um, sure, why not, too? But, but Albon, Albon did put it into the wall. Uh, he, yeah, when we're talking about his confidence not being high, when he when he seems to be crashing almost every uh, every weekend or at least doing something, uh, either being spun out in a race or putting it into the wall in, in quali or in practice, he had a big shunt uh, over this weekend. And... Uh- you got to start asking the question, you know, how long have we got here? Regardless of what Christian Horner says, because we can take here whatever he says with a you know, pinch of salt because it doesn't really mean anything for, for, for the drivers. You know, when he says Gasly's not going anywhere and then three days later Gasly goes somewhere, whatever he says, you know, take, take no notice really. But Hulk sitting in that car, Campy, is actually yeah. a very, yeah. very good solution to the problem that they're currently facing. I think it is. The other the other option is what happens to Albon for the rest of the year? Does he go back to Alpha Tori and someone loses their job? I don't think so. I, and I, if I'm 100% honest, I don't think it will happen. I think it's the most reasonable and that's what we I want to see as a fan should happen. But Albon's got to perform. He hasn't been on the pace with Max at all since he started in that car. He can drive through the pack, which is good. And Horner was really, like, got in got on his side after the race, said, oh, he's, he actually had a really good, you know, a really good drive, all things considering. But that car is a piece of work at the moment. That's like a girlfriend that you shouldn't take home to meet your parents. Like. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of fun when everything's going right, but just turns the snap of the fingers this, for no apparent reason. This is reminding me of last year. This is exactly what it felt like with Gasly. Yeah, totally. Every week it was like, oh, this wasn't quite right. He can't keep up. He's always off the pace. There's always excuses and reasons why he's not up where he should be. Yeah, and they've made some changes. I mean, they brought Danny Rick's old race engineer back to an on-track position, on-track race weekend position to help him out. But this kid, he's not cutting it. And I never thought, we never thought he would. No, the confidence thing is so reminiscent of Gasly too. The lacking yeah. confidence, like we're, we've seen him drive fast before. Like we know Albon is a good driver, but he can't hack it in this team, it seems. Same as Gasly. Yeah, Do you know I what's interesting? Better, I think he's the, better than Gasly. 
The interesting thing is he is better than Gasly and Jensen Button said this over the weekend as well. Everyone keeps saying, oh, well, you know, you stop calling for Albon to be demoted. That's not what anyone's doing. And that's certainly really, well, at least not what I'm doing. Campy probably is a little bit. But <laughs> the only person that you can compare, properly compare this driver to is their teammate. And when you're comparing someone to Max Verstappen, unless you're Daniel Ricciardo, it shows this a lot. And even there's a couple of people over the weekend who were saying, this just shows how well Daniel Ricciardo did in a team that was Max Verstappen focused in 2018 and how good he still was. So someone like Nico Hulkenberg who can come in and just completely ignore the politics, just go, mate, like I don't care. Yes, you're Max Verstappen, good for you. I really don't care. Let me do my own thing in my own program and start developing the car around him because, and even as I said to you guys before the race, uh, sorry, before the podcast, um, after the race, Paul Monaghan, the Red Bull chief engineer, said uh, the team has to be brutally honest and provide Albon with a better balanced Formula One car, i.e. he needs to start developing the car around himself but surely he would have had the opportunity to do that already. So, but, but Max Max has the same car, and we don't expect Albon to be pushing Max and getting within a tenth in qualifying. But we're talking half a second, eight tenths. Yeah, if you know, three tenths is a horrible weekend. Yeah, eight and, is astronomical, and multiple places behind on the grid, so he's got no race day assistance and for it strategy. Happens, it happens every weekend. Yeah, yeah. It just solidifies that Danny Rick's a star. Prove us wrong. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's yeah. talk about yeah. let's talk about Mercedes. Um, obviously, oh, just yeah, not, oh. not good for uh, if you had Valtteri Bottas. God, I hate so much. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Oh, what do you really feel like? Yeah, oh, go on, tell stand, us. I, I, I just can't stand the guy. He opens his mouth and I just get angry. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm not. I'm not talking about the off-track stuff. I'm, look, it just pisses me off. <laughs> I hate seeing him win. <laughs> you see a lot of it. I so mean, look at look at Bottas. Look, Bottas oh. had a pretty solid weekend this weekend. Yeah, we've yeah. said it before. He's not going to go toe to toe with Hamilton and come out, come out on top a lot of the time. But this week, Bottas was consistently, you know, second the second half and pressuring Lewis the whole time, and that's what we need to see. But for Bottas to get that punch up, like literally 50 metres after he passed the pit exit. Oh, no. Horrible. You know, then he had to drive the whole six kilometres around it and lose that much track position. The same thing happened to Lewis. But, you know, he's halfway around the track and it was a lap and a half later and he still got the one, the win. So unlucky. That guy's so lucky. And (laughs) felt... You know, Valtteri's 30-odd points behind in the championship now. Yeah. You know, that for me is an unassailable... That that hands the championship to Lewis already. And my frustration is I want to see a tight championship. I don't want to see Lewis run away with it. I I want to see Valtteri compete and be there with a chance at the last race. We want to see the win in the last race. But a result like this is frustrating for me just because... Just look, it happens. He's the luckiest prick in F1. Well, it looked like Portas had a better start. Yeah, I know. What yeah. happened? Uh, he yeah, did, he just he didn't have the angle going into yeah. one. That's why Poles on the left hand side of the grid, not the right. Because he has the inside there, doesn't he? Uh, yeah, he had a better rundown, but uh, I think yeah. he also didn't restart well enough after the safety cars. Bottas, he was nowhere really. Oh, Whether first- Lewis got a run on him and kind of. Caught him unawares and jumped early. Yeah, the second one wasn't wasn't as bad. The first, the first one, one was average. It. Yeah, I just don't like. I don't like it. And yeah. he, he was don't. so deflated afterwards. He could like in the interviews, the press conference, a poor yeah. bloke. He's just like, oh. But can I just say one thing that he did incredibly well since Hungary to now is uh, he's got a new missus who's an Australian cyclist, um, and uh, Tiffany I think is yeah. Cromwell is her name. And uh, uh, Campy, you were saying that <laughs> he needs to. <laughs> he needs. He needs to. He's adopted. Um, yes, he's, he will replace Russell Crowe with him. Um, yeah. In, in terms, in terms of being Just off track, clever, <laughs> off track uh, banter. And Campy, you said that he needs to start doing this. Tiffany Cromwell uh, on her Instagram uh, goes, "Here's a here's a barbecue and uh, hashtag not vegan," which I t- I'm sorry, yeah. it's definitely a swipe at Lewis Hamilton, uh, even if you say that it's not. And it's such an Australian yes, thing to do. Definitely. So that's an Oz F1 approved tick in the box. That's for you, yeah, Tiffany, yeah. Uh, on, on that. Good uh, from VB. Yeah. VB, look, he's already a mate. Oh, VB. I love him. 
Love him. Love him. Yeah, just start. Welcome, mate. mate. Yeah, just Welcome. going after Lewis Hamilton's appearance. Just give those cornrows look shit ass. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible. He needs to get some Avatar stuff. No. I, could, I couldn't pull those off, but that is shocking. That is a shocking haircut. Let's talk fashion about, advice again. You know where to go. Let's talk about fashion. Uh, that's that's Campy's other podcast. Apart from the hot tip, it's yeah. let's talk about fashion. Uh, you'll see it's very, very much sponsored by Avatari and nothing else. Uh, and Minardi, old school Minardi. Well, I'm, uh, si- I'm, sick of, I'm sick of talking about I'm sick of talking about Mercedes. I, I mean, it's not their fault that everyone else sucks and they're that much better. <laughs> it's not their fault. And I'm sure the whole of Germany you would know say what? the same thing. It's not our fault that we're better than you. It was really. actually really good to see. Did you guys see that segment that Sky F1 ran with Bottas, oh, Lewis yes. and oh, Toto that was, running? That was good. That was good to see a different side of them. Like to see Toto like that is actually quite good. There's very, a lot of white race suit on that man because he is very tall. Well, yes. He is yeah. huge. Isn't he? That's enormous. You need some sponsors, Toto. Pretty, it's they're true. pretty tiny. Yeah. They're not, you know, they're not like also, you, Tommy. They're not imposing figures. Mercedes, if you're interested in giving us those three cars for us to run around Silverstone, oh. we'd happily oblige. We can 100% guarantee that they will not come back in one piece. <laughs> that, that is the Oz F1 promise. Uh, I'll tell you what. Now, Jeez. We've also got some extra races included to the calendar this year. Yes. Too. Yes. Such a good, such a good thing. Uh, Nürburgring, uh, I am very much looking forward to. Campy's not looking forward to Imola, though, are you, Campy? Why, well, why don't look, you like Imola? Look, I can confirm there are some shocking tracks on our calendar. <laughs> Paul Ricard is one. Shanghai is another. You then go through 50 layers of horse shit <laughs> and we get to tracks like Baku and Imola. <laughs> Abu Dhabi's not great either. Oh, Abu Dhabi's, like, sorry, that's even further down. That's even further. <laughs> I can assure you that Imola is going to be the worst race in the last decade. Whoa. I think we might see passing on the first lap. Other than that, we won't see any on-track passing. Procession. Bit like Zandvoort. Yeah. Now, I'm all about more races this year and as many as we can get, the better. But going to places like Imola, come on, give me a break. Oh, you know what would be great? We're going to Jello too, aren't we? I, we're going I to Jello. Here's a tip. And this we're going is, to Portugal what we as want well. to do. And Portugal will be good. But no, here the we Jello suck. Yeah. I've got an idea. Let's go DRS <laughs> open the whole thing if you want it. Let's see yeah, that. Let's change it up. <laughs> DRS zone the whole race. Let's see what happens. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm <laughs> Let's have a crack before we. I like that. And before That'd be we, way better. Before we wrap it up, I have a suggestion. Tires. F1 needs to sort the tire situation out. I don't want to see drivers saving tires. I want to see drivers driving 110 percent for the whole 52 laps. I don't know what we have to do in order to get back to that. It's a hard one, but isn't these it? These tire. Con- I mean, I know they promote overtaking, and it's. We and you need to have it. a stop of some kind. I don't want to say. I don't want to say, mate. Make mandatory three stops. Give them a couple of extra sets of tires for the race. Mandatory yep. three stops, so you can play around with strategies and degradation. Well, you go mandatory <sighs> one stop, but you don't have to no. change the compound. No, mandatory, mandatory three, mandatory three stops, mate. Imagine how good that would be. Yeah. Because you can put guys, you know, that's part Bring of the strategy. Bring back fuel. Bring back fuel. Nah, fuel. <laughs> it's dangerous. Nah, so fuel, dangerous. Fuel doesn't actually promote more on-track passing. But it means you have to pit. But if we get mandatory three stops or even two stops yep. and give the teams extra tyre allocation for those races, I yeah. just hate seeing them coasting in to save tyres. I don't like it. Well, when we see the front runners running around two seconds slower than we know that they're capable of in genuine race pace, not just not qualifying pace, but race pace. And they're not going to make mistakes. If these guys are driving 110% for the whole 52 laps, they're going to, they're going to make mistakes, which is what we want to see. These guys can, these guys can throw a car around for one lap on the limit, but do that for 52 and we're going to see carnage. Yep. Time management sucks. What a a stupid bloody thing time management is. And like even, you know, doing it from lap one, it's just so boring. These guys are thinking like, and they're having engineers feed them, you know, don't go so fast around this corner or keep off the curbs or whatever it is. No, I want, you're right, Camby, I want 110% all the time so that someone smashes into the wall and then then hopefully that means Dan Ricciardo gets on the podium. That's all really I want. It's it's not a lot to ask, surely. You look at Mark Weber. He was vocal about this at the end of his career. This isn't fun anymore. 
when I first got in this, it was 120% from the word go. Every yeah. time you got yes. in that car, it was no, yeah, it was big boys racing. Yeah. And Lewis came from that came from that start that that era as well. Yeah. And you know, these guys know what it's like to do that for 110 laps, but coasting in the corners to save fuel, well, these guys are going to make some mistakes when the car's not on the limit. We need to change this up. New regulations, we need to sort this out. Yep. This I don't is care that- if one team dominates. As long as they're driving as hard as they can, I'm happy. That's what we want to see. All right, let's talk about the uh, the fantasy league, uh, which is not, not good. It's not wanna. good news for the presenters <laughs> of this podcast because uh, they're not doing very well at all. But we have to talk uh, about how well uh, some of you are doing. Uh, we have fifty teams in the Aussie uh, F One league, which is a good little number. Um, and a big shout out to uh, top three tracing flu. Love that, uh, Dave Manus. Um, Hayden Morals changed his team name. He's in second to Pop and Pirelli's uh, as a result of this weekend weekend. And uh, in for a rough Good. season is in third. Let's just, uh, I'll just going to scroll down to try and find, oh, there I am. I'm in 13th. Keep That's scrolling. Great. Keep scrolling to try and find uh, Campy here. Keep going. Oh, 26 Campy. Um, and Tommy, well done. That. Oh, no, that's your first team you don't have access to. Is still doing better count, than your but team. I'll take it. Uh, 39. I've if- back that. I, I had a stinking weekend this weekend. Yeah, it was rough. Bodass <laughs> was gone. Hulkenberg was my turbo driver. <laughs> Racing Point was my Constructor, yeah, I had sixty points, mate. It's not, it's, it's not gone well. But there's a lot of you who are doing a lot better than us. So keep going. Uh, as I said, we're going to get some merch by the end of the year, so we'll probably find some ways and some prizes to get it out for our top three. Have we got any more? Have we got any more change uh, name changes from teams? Or We've we're got some. To promote- We've got some great additions, Campy, and uh, it's, it seems to be eat the people who house. are... Eat my house. <laughs> house and grunt, eat my house. Love that. Uh, it, it, whatever, Campy for president is still here, and uh, that terrifies me, That's if crap. I'm perfectly honest. Uh, but not I Gotta Mate, Go, which Harrison I love. Phillips, you just keep that name. I don't want... <laughs> Mate, I, you know what we should do? We should try and get everybody to change their name to Campy for president. Just one <laughs> If you're listening and you change your name to Campy team. for president, you, you immediately remove yourself. From the ability to win, excommunicado, you're gonna get kicked out. <laughs> excommunicado. Also, I just proved my point that more also, people like me than YouTube. Also, that's why we do a podcast. James and I could put together. Our, Unbelievable. We'd still not beat you, Campy. Unbelievable. Do you know what really frustrates me is that people keep writing and saying how good your voice sounds, Campy. Even though I'm specifically oh, no. asking not to, Mrs. Ricardo via Apple Podcasts uh, oh. in Australia. I'm pretty sure who I know who you are as well. Thanks for the five star review. However, you can't just say sorry, boys, and then say love Campy's sexy voice. Like it's don't apologise oh. and then just do it anyway. Like come on, yeah, we get it. Just come on, uh, just keep it coming. Because look, I have to I have to deal with these two plebs during the week. <laughs> the more ammunition I can get. It is, tr- it is true. We do gang up on him in the group message. Or as much as we possibly can. I can get. I don't and actually Brian- read them unless James sends me a photo of the message either. Yeah, so. like zero messages. Um, and uh, can I just say a big thank you to our three American friends who have left us uh, five-star reviews. Uh, we love you guys. Honker Boy and and uh, a very long listen to all the good podcasts uh, name, which uh, thanks. We'll take that as a as a benefit for us as well. But no, seriously, and Tommy and I were talking about this the other weekend, uh, it takes a long time and considered thought to stop what you're doing and actually leave a review for a podcast. Uh, so if you if you have done that, thank you so much. It means the world to us. And uh, as I said last time, the reason why we're trying to do this is so we can get uh, into the pit lane access so Campy can chop Free off stuff. the Giovanni's. Free stuff. <laughs> Free stuff. We want bark. Campy in the pit lane causing havoc, cutting ponytails. <laughs> it's just, I, don't, I actually don't think Campy knows how the media access works. In Formula One, you don't get show bags, mate. But anyway, um, you can have, you can take, you can take home Giovinazzi's yeah. man bun that you've cut off. Uh, that's well, that's what you can do. <laughs> uh, but we really appreciate it. So please love consider love consider subscribing. And uh, if you're listening on an Apple device, even if you just press the five stars, I know it takes a little bit, but uh, it, we really appreciate it. We're, we're loving doing this, boys. I'm loving chatting or with do you. What you want. Uh, or do what you want. Um, in which case, uh, that's a very campy attitude, which is, uh, oh, look, Brian, I'll be nice to, to him for once. And that's it. That's, that's the one good thing that I'm going to use up. Bryony, I'm not going to attack campy this one time. Uh, boys, lovely to chat to you about 
uh, Silverstone. We're here for next weekend uh, with hotter tights, a hotter t- track temperature, I should say, and the tyres will degrade a lot faster. So we might even see a three-stop race going Good. ahead. But uh, looking forward to it. Uh, we'll see you in a week's time. Good pod, lads. So you know it's like to have a cool dad campy and underperform. <laughs> Sports Social Podcast Network.